You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Greetings, red-blooded American citizens, all you who are armed, trained, and mentally prepared to protect yourselves and your families. I appreciate you joining us on the Home Defense Show. This is your host, Skip Coriel. I've had a good week. We've just been preparing for my uh, big trip to Las Vegas at the SHOT Show. For those of you who don't know what that is, that's the Shooting Hunting Outdoor Trade Show. That's where everyone in the firearms industry goes to, to make deals and to get caught up and do most of their business for the year. But I will tell, tell you more about that next week. This week, we have an unusual author. His name is Yehuda Reamer. Yehuda is spelled Y-E-H-U-D-A, and I believe in Hebrew that means Judah, uh, and Reamer is spelled R-E-M-E-R. So Yehuda Reamer, he is the author of a new children's book called Safety On. It's an introduction to firearms for children. So uh, you can be looking forward to that in the second and third segment. And then, of course, in the fourth segment, I'll wrap it all up and give you my opinion and my pep talk for the week. But first, let's go ahead and let's start out with something that affects me. And that would be, I'm going to go to BearingArms.com. I love that website. I know I used to do Drudge Report, but that just got so ridiculous that I can't do it anymore. This is more relevant to what uh, firearms owners want to hear. I'm going to be flying tomorrow um, to Las Vegas from Michigan out of Detroit. And, I, of course, I'll be checking my firearm and uh, flying out with, with my pistol. But, you know, we had that Fort Lauderdale shooting at the airport with a man who had done that. So I was wondering, gosh, am I going to run into any problems? But... I run across this article on BearingArms.com. It says, TSA discovers record number of carry-on firearms in 2016. Another gun-related record has been set for 2016. More than 3,000 firearms were discovered in carry-on bags, according to the Transportation Security Administration, TSA. It kind of makes you wonder how many they didn't discover. But uh, in an official blog post on Thursday, the TSA reported that 3,391 firearms were found in carry-on bags in 238 airports across the country. That's more than nine per day. Wow, that's a lot. The number is up 28% from 2015. Ooh. Over the past decade, the number has steadily increased. In 2005, only 660 firearms were found. Amazing. Of the 3,391 firearms that were discovered last year, 83% of them were loaded. Well, I guess I understand that. The unloaded gun is just a very expensive club. Uh, the number one excuse that we hear is that they forgot that they had it with them, TSA official Lisa Farbstein told CBS Baltimore. The second most common excuse we hear is that their wife or husband packed their bag. And I tell you what, neither of those excuses fly. Well, yeah, I understand that they have a pretty zero-tolerance stance on firearms on uh, airplanes but you know that first one they forgot they had it with them people who don't carry a gun every single day to them it's a novelty carrying a gun so in their mind how in the world could you forget that you have it with you well it's not that tough i mean 
I've got one with me right now, but I, I'm not thinking consciously about it. Um, you just got to be really careful. Fortunately for me, I don't fly very much. I hate flying because I have to disarm, and I've got to go in there and be probed and prodded by the TSA. I've got a friend of mine. Um, he is uh, a TSA officer, and every time I meet him, I walk up, I shake his hand, and you know, call him, uh, say, how you doing, Officer Jollyfinger? And he just does not like that at all. But, hey, it's all in fun. The second most common excuse is that your wife or husband packed their bag. You know, I, I just can't see my wife packing my pistol inside my suitcase for me. I mean, she knows it's going to be on my person if I'm going to be carrying it anyways. And if I'm not, I'm going to pack it myself. The lesson there is that don't don't let your wife or your husband pack your bag for you. Certainly not a firearm, <laughs> but uh, it ain't going to work for you. And it, it's not that tough. I mean, you, you go up to the counter, you've got your firearm inside in a hard-sided locked case, um, and you just and it's unloaded, and they'll just you say, "Ma'am, I'd like to declare a firearm." And they say, well, where is it at? It's inside my case. Is it in it? And they'll ask you, is it in a hard-sided, lockable case? And are you, the, are you the only one with the key or the combination? And you say, yes. And then they pull out a little tag. Uh, sometimes it's orange. And they'll fill it out, and you sign it. And then they have you open up the bag and you th the suitcase, and you throw it in there. And then the TSA officer comes over and, you you know, just runs it through the scanner. I'm not sure why they run it through the scanner. I'm, I've already told them that there's a gun in there. But that's that's the process, and it's not that tough. You just got to remember to do it, that's all. And since I only fly a few times a year, it's not that big a deal for me. So I think I will, I'll be okay, but I'm, I'm not going to Las Vegas without a gun. I just don't like that. All right. What else we got? We've got, oh, here's something. BearingArms.com, a New York taxi driver brandishes gun to defend himself against ice pick attack. <laughs> An ice pick. You know, that, that's got to hurt, man. That's going to leave a mark. A taxi driver in upstate New York used his legally concealed weapon to keep an ice pick armed woman at bay. Yeah, it certainly wouldn't be in New York City. It'd have to be upstate New York before you could, before a cab driver could get a a permit. A Rochester taxi driver says he was forced to pull a gun to protect him from a passenger who tried to attack him with an ice pick. Quote, I believe she would have killed me had I been close enough to her, said Colin Green, the man who drove the taxi. According to Gates, police, 39-year-old Katrina Green has been, has been charged with menacing and other violations Monday night. Oh, gosh, I, I hope one of the violations would be attempted murder. Four years ago, Colin was attacked while driving his cab and was stabbed 13 times. Wow. From that, he learned two lessons, to register and carry a gun and to respect its power. Wow. As Colin was backing away from the ice pick, he pulled out the gun, then took a deep breath. Quote, I was like, look, don't come any further. Don't make me do this. I don't want to have to hurt you, Colin said. He said his goal was to stay calm and put some distance between them. It worked. She paused, and he jumped into his taxi and drove away. Man, I got to tell you, this uh, Colin guy, the taxi driver, he exercised 
incredible restraint. I mean, he'd already been stabbed 13 times four years before that. I think, man, I I might be a little prone to jump the gun, uh, no pun intended, uh, after being stabbed 13 times with a knife, then have a lady come at you with an ice pick. I mean, the guy, textbook, he, he did it all perfectly. He must have thought this out ahead of time because, you know, he created distance, which is the right thing to do. Um, he brandished the firearm, uh, warned her, she backed away, he let her go. Um, boy, this is just textbook perfect all the way around. So my hat's off to Mr. Colin, uh, the cabbie. What else do we have here? Let me see. Bearingarms.com. NRA and gun owners gear up for controversial firearms legislation. That seems like any legislation that eases gun control is controversial to the media. Republic, Republicans in Congress are tackling a new gun-related issue, how firearm suppressors should be regulated under the National Firearms Act, NFA. Currently, anyone who wants to purchase a sound suppressor must undergo the NFA's application process, pay a $200 stamp fee, and wait a long period of time. Yeah, those suppressors, man, they are dangerous. I, I really don't understand that one. Um, it's like, okay, what difference does it make if your victim hears the bang or not? It doesn't make a big load of difference to me. I mean, the suppressor doesn't make the gun any deadlier. It just makes it quieter. And, boy, there are a lot of really good applications for suppressors. You know, I would shoot out on my property a lot more. If I was able to use a suppressor, you know, number one, I'm a deer hunter, and I don't like, you know, spooking the deer, uh, especially close to hunting season. And uh, two, the neighbors. Out of consideration for the neighbors, I don't go back there and shoot a couple hundred rounds a day. But if I had a suppressor, I would be a lot more likely um, to train more on my own property, which is a good thing, very handy. I think more people would train more. If they had a suppressor and they could uh, do it. Now, would that tempt some people to um, perform nefarious activities? Well, those kind of people, uh, they're going to break any law that you make, aren't they? So it's not really going to matter. But uh, this one, this bill, um, you'd still have to undergo a NICS check, the background check. And um, so it's not like they're just letting anyone buy these, but it would allow you to, you know, purchase the suppressor right away instead of having to wait months and months for the federal government to tell you it's okay. Okay, I think we got time for one more here. Oh, I like this one. House bill would disband scandal-plagued ATF. The ATF, Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, that federal agency, uh, the red-headed stepchild of the FBI. Um, boy, this one. Today, Congressman Jim Sensenbrenner reintroduced the ATF Elimination Act that would dissolve the BATF and merge its exclusive duties into existing federal agencies. You know, I can see where Trump might go for something like that. Uh, because he's a businessman, he wants to reduce the size and scope of government, uh, he wants to be more cost-effective. I think uh, if Congress can get that through, if they've got the guts uh, to pass that, I think he'll sign that. 
Additionally, the act calls for an immediate hiring freeze at the agency and requires the Department of Justice to eliminate and reduce duplicative functions and waste, as well as report to Congress with a detailed plan on how how the transition will take place. Further, it would transfer enforcement of firearms, explosive, and arson laws to the FBI, and illegal diversion of alcohol and tobacco products will be transferred to the Drug Enforcement Agency, the DEA. That's fantastic. I think, uh, you know, I think that the people that brought us Ruby Ridge and the Branch Davidian compound siege, uh, I think maybe their days are numbered. We'll see. Oversight and accountability is a good thing. I've never been a fan of the ATF. So, hey, we'll uh, report on that maybe in another month or so. Okay, folks, we have got um, a good show for you today. We're going to be speaking with a new author, Yehuda Reamer. That's Y-E-H-U-D-A. Last name is R-E-M-E-R. During the break, go to Amazon.com and just punch up his book, uh, Safety On by Yehuda Reamer. And you can be looking at that while you're waiting. That way uh, you know what's going on when, uh, when I get back, and you can better appreciate the interview. This guy's very interesting. Um, a good, noble guy under a lot of pressure uh, from his community and maybe even his religion to not do what he's doing. But he's a patriot, and, uh, you know, God love him for that. Okay, folks, hang on to your butts. We will be back in a couple of minutes with more on the Home Defense Show with Skip Coriel. This is Phoenix Coriel. Welcome to the Home the French show with Skip Coriel. He's my dad. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. All right, folks, this is Skip Coriel from the Home Defense Show. We have a, a very interesting guest on today. His name is Yehuda Reamer. He has written a, a book called Safety On, uh, and it's a children's introduction to firearms. So, uh, Yehuda, welcome to the Home Defense Show. Thank you. Great to be here. All right, fantastic. Yehuda, before we you know start talking about your book, Go ahead and tell um, the listeners uh, a little bit about you, who you are, the things near and dear to your heart, what you're passionate about, just so they have a, a backstory on on the on the show. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, surprisingly, I grew up a religious Jew in Los Angeles, California, and a photographer. So you know, by default, I should be highly against guns, but uh, you know not the way my brain worked, and I fell in love with firearms and had a passion for them, and one thing led to another, and here I am now writing a book on firearms. Okay, well, hey, fantastic. So you uh, if I, you grew up in Los Angeles, is that correct? Yeah, I grew up in Los Angeles. I lived there for 30 years. 
30 years in Los Angeles. Wow, how is it that you just weren't, you know, uh, just fully committed to the anti-gun agenda? Because L.A., that, that's a tough crowd when you're talking about guns. Yeah, it definitely is a tough crowd there. Uh, I, I, I used to walk into the local coffee shops when your shirt had a Beretta on it and said, I pack, and I would get some pretty nasty looks, but always made my life a lot more interesting and fun. But how did I get wind up uh, loving firearms? Interestingly, I was listening to FM radio one morning, uh, the local DJs in L.A., and they were talking about things that just made my head spin. So I turned them off and decided to flip on AM radio, and this was about 10 years ago. I was about 22, 23 at the time. I started listening to, again, talk radio, and I kept finding myself nodding my head in agreement with everything these guys had to say. Um, Hannity, Bill O'Reilly, Rush, all those guys. And oh, hold it, hold it, hold it. You, you, you were in L.A. listening to Rush Limbaugh. I think, I think there's uh, like a law there. You can go to hell for uh, yeah, well, Rush I, Limbaugh. I mean, I, I definitely was afraid of being thrown in prison there. Uh, there's no question about it. Uh, luckily, luckily, I had one of my closest friends in the LAPD, so he told me I'm good to go. Um, oh, good, good. Before I knew it, I just kept nodding my head in agreement with everything these guys were saying. And, and you know, growing up in Los Angeles and also Jewish, Jews are Democrats. It, it, I, right. I, was, I was a Democrat, but I had no idea the difference between a Democrat and a Republican, and the more I listened to them, I realized that not only am I not a Democrat, I'm a staunch conservative. Little, little by little, I started studying the Constitution. I started studying uh, the Second Amendment, and that's when I realized that a civilian, a citizen, is really allowed to own a firearm. But before then, it was all, you know, the policemen and bad guys and soldiers. That, 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 that's about it. Yeah, one thing led to another. I had a good buddy of mine who uh, was a gun guy. He took me shooting a bunch of times, uh, pushed me to buy my first gun, and before I knew it, I had gun fever. And now I, I know this is on the scale of people out there who are big gun, big gun owners. I've only have, I only have five guns, um, but I have a list of ones that I would like to buy eventually when uh, I have a little more money in my pocket. So... <laughs> That's a, well, that's a, that's, that's, a, that's a good cause. We will do as much as we can um, to lift up your the sales of your book so that you can buy more guns. That sounds like a great cause that's, for me. I, my wife said, as long as she gets her house right now, we're renting. We, we moved to Texas, so that's another nice thing to <laughs> in Texas now. But my wife said, as long as she gets her house, I can have my arsenal. Oh, good. Well, you're you're going to need uh, a big house to store all those guns anyway, so so that's a, that's a win-win for for both of you. Um, I, I agree. Yehuda, um, boy, I'm uh, I've always been interested in uh, the, the Jewish faith. I mean, I was raised a, a devout uh, Christian, and there's there's a lot that Christians and Jews have in common, um, and I've never really understood why so much of the Jewish community. Uh, is against uh, gun ownership. You know, when I think about uh, the Jewish Holocaust, uh, you know, and just anti-Semitism that seems to be run, running rampant all across the world now, it seems to be getting worse. And I would 
think that the Jewish community would go, wow, maybe owning a gun, you know, might be a, a good idea for us right now. Um, can, can you explain the rationale, the mentality of the Jewish anti-gun community? Honestly, it's the liberal mindset. Uh, you know, like I said, a lot of Jews are Democrats. Um, not necessarily the, the Orthodox Jews, but more of the Reform conservative, uh, conservatives. They tend to be more liberal-leaning and liberal-minded, and they are anti-gun. And I find it uh, fascinating because, like you said, the Holocaust occurred. And interestingly, the Jews of Warsaw were very big gun owners. A lot of Jews had guns. And uh, there was a phenomenal book, I believe it's by Stephen Holbrook, called Gun Control in the Third Reich. And he documents all about how Hitler came in, you know, registered, that made Jews register their guns, then they confiscated their guns. And then by the time the Holocaust rolled around, there was, you know, no nothing to stop the Jews of Warsaw from defending themselves. And at a certain point, they, they realized, hey, we can fight back if we just either smuggle guns in or kill a Nazi soldier and steal their guns. And, you know, history shows that once the Jews of Warsaw started doing that and they had the uprising, the uprising lasted longer than both the French army and the Polish army against the Germans. So, I mean, it's interestingly, at this point in my life, I carry with me everywhere I go. It's my American Express. I never leave home without it. And... At this point, when people ask me why I carry, I just turn to them like, if you don't know the reason by now, then it's not worth explaining. I'm fairly ignorant about uh, the difference between the different factions, if you want to call it that, of the Jewish community. You, you call it, you know, Orthodox, and then uh, what, what, is it, what, is, what is the other one that you... Reform, Reform and Conservative. Okay, well, what, what do those mean, Yehuda? Orthodox Jews, I mean, obviously no one's perfect, we all have our faults, but Orthodox Judaism tends to follow the Old Testament, whether we agree with something that's in one of our laws, whether we like it, we don't pick and choose. It's the law of the law come from God, and you do it. You might not like it, but you do it. Uh, whereas Reform and Conservative kind of nitpick to fit their life, their, their lifestyle. So they might not be, you know, as religious or religious at all. Um, they just call themselves, you know, we're Jewish. I mean, that might have come out wrong. I mean, they, they definitely are Jewish. There's no question about that. But it's more of a nitpicking. They follow certain things, and then they they don't follow certain things. Whatever, like I said, whatever kind of fits their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And you are you're an Orthodox Jew. Uh, I'm not about So, okay. So if if uh, I were to walk into the cafe, um, you know, I I would notice that you look differently, or or not. No, no. Um, I mean, besides, I, I wear the little, uh, I guess we call it kippa or yarmulke on my head. Uh, besides that, I just look like your everyday normal person. That, that's what I'm I was getting at. I, I would notice that, but uh, but I don't. I know, don't from, have. I don't have. A, I don't have a big beard. Or I mean, not all Orthodox Jews have beards. You know, I yeah. like I said, I'm, I'm I look completely just like a your everyday guy, just a little little skull cap beanie on my head. 
<laughs> All right. And you, what is that called again? You told me earlier what that was called. Uh, a kippa or a yamaka. Ah, yamaka. All right. Yamaka. That, that's almost Japanese. <laughs> uh, it's actually it's actually a, um, a mix of two words. It's Yiramalka. It means fear the king in Hebrew, and it's just a reminder for Jews that you know God is always watching and try to mm-hmm. try to act the co- try to act accordingly. You know, don't make a fool of yourself in public. Um, so that's really what, what where it comes from. Now you you were uh, educated in uh, Israel to some extent. I believe you went to two years of seminary. Is, is that correct? Yes, I went to a school in Israel for two years, um, just studying the Old Testament, the the Talmud, you know, the prophets, writings. Luckily, there was no math, there was no English. It was kind of a break from all of the uh, the, the, the boring stuff. But you know, we we, de- we definitely studied Jewish history. Because we were in Israel, we were able to go to certain locations and really actually live Jewish history. So it was, it was an amazing experience and time that I go back for a visit. So Yeah. Well, what, the, what is the difference, if there is a difference, between uh, American Jews and Israeli Jews? Because I, I just can't imagine Israeli Jews being anti-gun. Because, I mean, they're surrounded by by millions of people who want to, to kill them and erase them from the map. But uh, what, what's the, the story on that? I mean, Israeli Jews are obviously very pro-gun. They, they're, they do have a draft, so at, at 18 they do go into army or some kind of service. Um, you can walk down the street and just see people bring AR-15 styles or, the, you know, the Tavor or anything like that at any given time, and it's absolutely normal. I mean, you don't even bat an eyelash. Um, interestingly, Israel does have some very strict gun laws, uh, not nearly as pro-guns as America is, but, you know, it, tons of people carry guns. I, mean, you, 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 I think just last week there was a, a well, two weeks ago, um, I believe the terrorist drove a garbage truck into a group of soldiers, and a couple soldiers and a couple civilians all opened fire and killing killing terrorists. Death. So I mean, it definitely is a mindset, um, but you know, like I said, it it happens to be that in Israel it's a little different. They, like you said, they're surrounded by a billion people that basically want them wiped off the face of the earth. So they, you know, they're all trained. They're all ready for combat um, versus American Jews where, you know, might have cushy li- yeah, exactly. We might yeah. have a cushy lifestyle and uh, they just don't think about it. But yeah. at this point, at this point in the world, I mean, not even during World War II, we have never seen anti-Semitism on such a global scale than we do today. So, you know, yes, I was in America, and I, I've had conversations with friends of mine who are, Catholic, you know, Catholic and, uh, I mean, you, you name it, every type of religion, and they said, look, if anything ever happens and they come after the Jews in America, you know, we'll, we'll protect you, you don't have to worry. And as much as I don't believe that can happen or will happen, you know, you never know. And, and yeah, it's true, yeah. 
It says, well, Yehuda, um, yeah, um, we are out of time for this segment, so um, folks, we're going to step away for a few minutes, and we will come back, and we'll speak with Yehuda Reamer some more about his book, Safety On. My name is Siege Coriel. Welcome to the Home Defense Show with my dad, Skip Coriel. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. This is Dr. George from Peachtree ENT Center. We've won patient care awards and have the highest patient recommendations because we believe in practicing medicine the old-fashioned way. Practicing good medicine is based in listening to the patient and making a care plan that is individual. The best medical care is given when there is a strong doctor-patient relationship built on mutual trust and respect. At Peachtree ENT Center, we believe in taking care of the whole patient because healing is more than writing a prescription. Whether you have problems hearing, have frequent throat or sinus infections, from the time you call our office and speak to a real person, you'll be treated as an individual and not as an ailment. During your visit, you will not be rushed and all your questions will be answered. When possible, natural treatments will be recommended to fix the problem. If surgery is recommended, cost-effective, minimally invasive treatment for snoring, sleep apnea, or sinus problems will be offered because Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. All right, folks, we are back on the Home Defense Show with Skip Floriel. We are interviewing author Yehuda Reamer. Yehuda, go ahead. Um, what is the full title of your book, and, and where can people find it? The book is called Safety On, An Introduction to the World of Firearms for Children, and you can find it right now on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. Yehuda, that is just incredibly politically incorrect of you. I mean, you're, you're Jewish, but you're supposed to be, like, doubly anti-gun, and now you're, you're intruding into the world of children who aren't even supposed to say the word guns. Wow, it's like you've got a target on your back uh, bigger than anyone else I've ever seen. I've never claimed to be politically correct, so, you know, bring it. <laughs> okay, good. All right, uh, before we get too far into the book, what is your favorite uh, carry gun? What is your everyday carry gun? My everyday carry is the Glock 43. I know there's a lot of people out there who are not Glock people. Um, I happen to love Glocks. They work with me. I can hit my target. So I'm rolling with my Glock, and like I said before, my American Express, I never leave home without it. So for the non-Glock people, the Glock Model 43, what are the specs on that? It's a, just a, a single-stack 9mm. carries six rounds. Six plus one. Um, I know you can get certain base plates that you can add a round or two. Eventually, I'll get those, but just a simple single stack nine millimeter. Well, let, let me give you some tactical advice here, and you, you can okay. do this whatever you want to. But all right, you're you're a program Jew, and you get the children's book about guns, and you're trusting your life to what seven rounds, six plus one in the chamber. You might want to upgrade <laughs> to uh, maybe a Glock 17 or something that's got uh, 17 plus one. Well, we'll see. I'm, I'm not trying to uh, scare you. No, I, 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 I understand that. I stand a whopping five foot six, so 
Okay. You know, a, a, a Glock 17 is basically the same size as I am. Uh, but, you know, was, uh, I, I'm not – just because I carry a Glock 43 with six rounds that doesn't mean I don't have a spare magazine or two on me oh, at okay. given time yeah. either. You know, I like Glocks. I'm a I, – I, my everyday carry, again, nothing less than M&P. 9mm full frame, because I like the 17 plus 1 and then carry a couple extra megs uh, as, as well. You know, let's get, uh, let's get back to your, your book here. Say, what possessed you to write a, a children's book on, on guns? Very good question. Interestingly, when I bought my first gun, which was a Glock 19, I kind of kept it for my parents, and I was already married out of the house. Uh, you were in the closet. You were still in the, in the gun closet at that, at that point. Huh? Well, it was more along the lines of, I mean, as much as I love my parents to pieces and they've been incredibly supportive with the book, they are my parents, and I didn't want them hounding me about being married with two kids in the house and only a firearm. Um, my younger brother, who I still make fun of to this day for doing this to me, uh, kind of let it slip that I own a gun. Um, <laughs> luckily, by the time my brother let it slip, I, had also, I also owned a shotgun and an AR-15, which my parents didn't know about. But my brother let it slip that I owned a Glock, and um, it started. My, my parents, for weeks, were just hounding me how irresponsible it is. And, and you know, like I said, I, I love my parents, and, you know, it kind of just started driving me crazy that I here I am responsible enough to go to Israel for two years and study by myself, to responsible enough to get married, to have children, but not responsible enough to own a firearm. I said, you know, why, if you're living with kids in the house, all you have to do is teach kids about gun safety. If you take away the cool factor that guns really are just cool, they're not, they're not cool. You know, yes, they can be used for bad things, but they can be used for very good things at the same time. It kind of dawned on, my, dawned on me that, hey, I have never seen a book on gun safety, so I decided to, well, at least for geared towards children, and I decided to write it, and I kind of pulled out my cell phone, and on one of my little note apps, I actually wrote the entire book in about 20 minutes on my little phone, and I sent it to who is still in the LAPD, and he tore it apart. I mean, he gave me the most amazing constructive criticism anyone can ask for. He told me, he's like, just roll with it. Keep writing, keep changing things, send it back to me, I'll, I'll help you with whatever you need. And uh, he did, and that's really how it happened. Wow. So, you know, in the interest of uh, full disclosure, your, your publisher uh, is Place Under Press, which, which I own, and that's why I'm having you on. Well, you, when you first sent me uh, the manuscript, I was, you know, and I've been an instructor for 17 years, you know, and in the Marine Corps, um, very knowledgeable about firearms. I was quite impressed with the text. Uh, it was very well written. It was knowledgeable. It was all correct, technically correct, all of that. So I, I was very impressed with that. You, you, you gave me a manuscript, and we didn't change a whole lot from your first manuscript that you sent until the, the final published book. Um, so I commend you on that. One thing that really, really impressed me was the artwork. Now, I know there's a, there's a, a story about about that is, as well, isn't there? 
that was that was a really interesting story because when when I kind of narrowed down all the, the manuscript in terms of all the text being written and correct and trying to get it as accurate as possible. I mean, know I know everyone out there will have maybe some different opinions about whether you lock up the gun completely or you expose it to your children, but this was written for the everyday man, everyday man, woman, you know, the basics of uh, of just gun safety. Try finding a illustrator who fits what your vision is when you're talking about a book that, that revolves around children and guns. It's not, not, a, not an easy task to do. So uh, I, I started doing my research and interviewing different people, and I actually was turned down by a bunch of illustrators saying that they're not interested in having their name associated with a book like this. And then I found a website called Elance, um, which is now called Upwork. I found an illustrator just, I was going through all of these illustrators on this website, like a freelance website where you post a job. And I found an illustrator based out of Western Ukraine. And wow. he had this one image, yeah, it was amazing. And he had this one image of a businessman with a, a thigh holster and a handgun, you know, in there, and I was like, that's exactly what I want. I, I reached out to him, and this guy is in the Mar Vega. He was an absolute phenomenal pleasure to work with. He didn't balk nothing. He, the minute I told him my idea, he's like, yeah, let's do it. And, I mean, the, the illustrations, like you said, they're, they're stunning illustrations. He did it quickly. He did it professionally. An absolute pleasure to work with, and I talked to him since the book came out, and I told him, hey, you know, as soon as book number two comes along, uh, you're my go-to guy from now on. And I've never met him. I've never talked to him on the phone. But I would highly recommend him if anybody needs any kind of illustrations done. This guy is superb. Wow. The thing with, I mean, I've seen other children's firearm books, but this one, the illustrations, the, I guess the word that I've used to describe them is it's classy. The entire book has a lot of class, and even if you don't have kids, I would recommend buying this book because it's the kind of book that you could just lay on your coffee table and just let the people will look at it, and they'll be really impressed by just the quality um, of this book. I mean, the words are great. The illustrations are fantastic. When uh, Yehuda, I haven't told you this, but when I was working on the production, um, you know, doing the interior formatting and, and all that, I'm sitting in my Lazy Boy recliner with my laptop there, and I'm going over things. And my seven-year-old, his name is Phoenix, he uh, came up behind me, and he looked at the book. He says, Dad, will you read that to me? And I said, well, yeah, sure. So he climbed up on my lap, and he just he just saw the pictures out of the corner of his eye, climbed up on my lap, and I read it to him. Uh, and uh, I get partway through, and my five-year-old daughter, Amethyst, walks up and sits on my other knee, and, and so I started over, so I, I read the entire book to both of them, and they asked questions, and they are very gun-fluent. I mean, uh, guns at our house is just a, a way of life. It really held their interest, and they talked about the pictures and asked all kinds of questions, so, you know, I knew that we had a winner, because it's like, you know, kid-tested, kid-approved. Um, at right. that point. Now, you know, Yehuda, you have children uh, too, correct? I do. I have three kids. I have a seven-year-old boy, a five-year-old girl, and then an eight-month-old boy. Wow. So how, how many are, are you going to have? Have you negotiated that yet with your wife? 
Um, in my wife's mind, she thinks about 27. Um, in, my, in, in, my, in my mind, I said I'd be very happy with four. So Okay. <laughs> well, hey, we, we need more uh, conservative uh, pro-gun voters. So, you know, have her pop out, pop out as many puppies as she can, <laughs> as you can afford I'll anyways. But. Yeah, I'll definitely relay the message. Okay, okay. Well, for me, I'm, I've got seven kids. I'm just getting started here in my old age. No, that's uh, that's fantastic. I I really uh, love this book. Now, what kind of response did you get from your your fellow uh, Jews in your in your community? Did, what, were they appalled by you, or did they support you, or was it mixed? What was that? A majority of my friends have been incredibly supportive. I've been working on this for years, so they all knew it. You know, I've been working on it. I had a publishing deal with a different company. Unfortunately, that one fell through before I went with you. And um, from the get-go, everyone's been so supportive. So I, I haven't really got that much negative feedback yet. I, I'm really hoping Shannon Watt, from Moms and Men Action, she gets her hands on the copy of my book. I have no doubt she will tear apart my book, which would be amazing for me. Thinking about sending a, a signed copy to her and Michael Bloomberg. Um, I think you should goad them into yeah, this, uh, <laughs> action. Yeah, we're almost out of time, but before we close out, you mentioned more additional works. What are you thinking about for your next book? My next book, I, I, I really don't want to divulge any information on it. Um, ah, I started okay. working on it just because it is a book that definitely will kick up controversy, but at the same time, anyone out there who might be looking for stocking stuffers for Christmas 2017, if, you know, if I play my cards correctly, the book should be out by then, and I, I can guarantee you it will definitely be a converse, conversation starter. It will be a great uh, coffee table book. And we'll definitely, you'll get a lot of laughs out of it. It's, it's not as serious as a, a gun safety book. It does, it definitely does have to do with firearms. Okay, tell us the uh, full title of the book again and where people can order it right now. Yeah, um, the book is called Face Beyond, an introduction to the world of firearms for children. And you can get it on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. Um, I do know quickly that a lot of my friends have searched for it under Safety On, and for some reason it's harder to find. But if you type in my name, um, I'm sure we can put it up on the website somewhere or a link to Amazon. But if you put my, uh, if you type my name in, um, it comes up much easier that way. All right. Yeah, there's probably not a whole lot of children's books out there on guns by Yehuda Reamer. So yeah, that's definitely not. Yehuda, thank you very much for speaking with my audience today. You've been fantastic. Folks, you've got to get this book. It is just awesome. Uh, Safety On by Yehuda Reamer on Amazon.com. Okay, we have got to uh, say goodbye here for a few minutes, but stay tuned. We will be right back. Welcome to my dad's home defense radio show. You're going to... Love it.
The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Okay, folks, welcome back to the Home Defense Show. This is your host, Skip Coriel. I'm here in segment four with the wrap-up. Just had a great time with author Yehuda Reamer, the Orthodox Jew who wrote a pro-gun children's book called Safety On. I like this guy. I like him a lot. I've had several conversations with him already, and I can't wait for his next book to come out. When it does... We'll be all over it like a chicken on a June bug, and we'll let you know what's going on with that. You know, some of the things that he said got me to thinking. And so what I did is I went online and just a little bit of research. One thing that he mentioned was gun control, uh, how Hitler disarming the Jews. Uh, and I, I see this article here on the nationalreview.com how the Nazis used gun control, and I scanned through that real quick, and yes, it is it is true. He disarmed not just the Jews, but anyone who might be a political uh, resistance to him. Uh, in 1930, I'm quoting from the article, in 1931, Weimar authorities discovered plans for a Nazi takeover in which Jews would, would be denied food and persons refusing to surrender their guns within 24 hours would be executed. They were written by Werner Best, a future Gestapo official. In reaction to such threats, the government authorized the registration of all firearms and the confiscation thereof if required for public safety. Wow, the interior minister warned that the records must not fall into the hands of any extremist group. Well, how'd that work out? Uh, didn't work out very good for the Jews, did it? Because the uh, Nazis were an extremist group, and once they took control, they got the, the records, the list of everyone who had a gun. Registration, folks, in the past, registration by your government has always resulted in mass extermination by that same government. That's why I don't like registration. We have pistol registration here in my home state of Michigan, and I hate it. I wish we could get rid of that. Uh, it's none of their damn business. In 1933, the ultimate extremist group led by Adolf Hitler seized power and used the records to identify, disarm, and attack political opponents and Jews. Constitutional rights were suspended and mass searches for for and seizures of guns and dissident publications ensued. Police revoked gun licenses of social democrats and others who were not, quote, politically reliable. Wow. During the five years of repression that followed, society was cleansed by the National Socialist Regime. 
Undesirables were placed in camps where labor made them free and normal rights of citizens were, were taken from Jews. The Gestapo banned independent gun clubs and arrested their leaders. Gestapo counsel Werner Best issued a directive to the police forbidding issuance of firearm permits to Jews. Now, then in 1938, Hitler signed a new gun control act. Now that many enemies of the state had been removed from society, some restrictions could be slightly liberalized, especially for Nazi Party members. But Jews were prohibited from working in the firearms industry, and 22 caliber hollow point ammunition was banned. Well, that explains why they weren't able to fight back once Hitler started hauling them off to extermination camps en masse. They didn't have any guns. That's just amazing. Folks, we have to watch out for that. I mean, we've survived eight years of Barack Obama. You know, thank God for the National Rifle Association, for the NRA. Thank God for GOA, Gun Owners of America, you know, uh, United States Concealed Carry Association, all of these groups out there that help together to fight against, you know, the agenda of the far left. Thank God we survived. Now we need to hold our politicians' feet to the fire. Uh, the Congress, they are incredibly unreliable, uh, weak-spined, weak-willed. We need to, you know, infuse them with a little bit of testicular fortitude so that they can stand up to the left and say, listen, we're going to restore some of the Second Amendment rights that Barack Obama has taken away, and for that matter, even Republicans before that, um, for decades, for decades and decades, we've been losing our Second Amendment rights incrementally. And we've just stood by and just watched. Uh, the time to stand by and, and watch is over, folks. We, we cannot afford to do that anymore. Thank God uh, Hillary Clinton was not elected because that would have been the, the death nail in our coffin for freedom in America. What else we got here? Look at look at the Warsaw Ghetto here. Uh, this is from history.com. From April 19, that, that date should ring a bell to all patriotic Americans. From April 19 to May 16, 1943, during World War II, Residents of the Jewish ghetto in Nazi-occupied Warsaw, Poland, staged an armed revolt against deportations to extermination camps. Well, the gall of these people. <laughs> they, why didn't they just peacefully go? The Warsaw ghetto uprising inspired other revolts in extermination camps and ghettos throughout German-occupied Eastern Europe. Boy, unfortunately, it was too little too late. That is... Sad, very sad. Six million Jews died. Shortly after the German invasion of Poland in September 1939, more than 400,000 Jews in Warsaw, the capital, were confined to an area of the city that was little more than one square mile. Wow. In November 1940, this ghetto was sealed off by brick walls, barbed wire, and armed guards, and anyone caught leaving was shot on sight. The Nazis controlled the amount of food that was brought into the ghetto, and disease and starvation killed thousands each month. Man, there were other ghettos, but Warsaw Ghetto was the largest in Poland. Man, 
Folks, uh, I tell you, the price of freedom is indeed eternal vigilance. We cannot let this happen in America. It was very interesting to note what Yehuda was saying about uh, the difference in in the Jewish community. Uh, American Jews, uh, they're soft, uh, pampered. Um, they just they don't have a clue. They don't know what freedom really is, and they re- just reliably and they just reliably vote for the far left and for gun control. Um, it was interesting to note that it's mostly the Reformed Jews or the conservative Jews, the ones who aren't as serious about their religion. Those are the ones who are for gun control. I, I know I'm generalizing here, so uh, don't get mad at me if you're not in that camp. But I can see where Orthodox Jews who actually believe um, that the Old Testament is from God would stick to that because they are uh, teaches us that it's okay to protect yourself, that indeed you even have a duty to protect yourself and to protect the other innocent. I mean, the Old Testament, man, that was a really bloody piece of uh, literature there. I mean, God himself would order uh, the killing of, the mass killing of entire cultures because of their evil. So when these, you know, lily-hearted liberals tell me that that God, you know, is nothing but love, I, I just don't believe that. God is love. He does love us. But he sure hates evil. And I, after studying history and seeing certain cultures, I can see where a culture, an entire culture, can get so evil that evil is institutionalized and it cannot be saved. That culture cannot be saved. It's like a cancer and it needs to be cut out from the rest of the world so that it doesn't uh, pollute it and make the rest of the world evil. That's one good reason why I like national borders. It's like a firewall from evil. A firewall from tyranny. So... I like that. Um, this week, I want you guys to do a little studying on, on the Jews. There's a good website called Jews for the Preservation of Firearms Ownership. And that is jpfo.org. jpfo.org. And there's an article on there titled, Why Jews Hate Guns. Go to that and read that, and it'll give you... A, gives you a pretty good idea. I don't have time to read it right now, but but you certainly can uh, read that on your own. Check that out. Um, check out Amazon.com, Yehuda Reamer's new book. Yehuda, Y-E-H-U-D-A, Reamer, R-E-M-E-R. You know, why couldn't his parents just name him John? Um, Yehuda Reamer at Amazon.com. Search for safety on and then Yehuda Reamer and it'll get you there just fine it's a great book, it's a fantastic book I know you guys will like it and you'll order it not just for yourself but you'll also order it 
for your friends uh, and family as well. My kids loved it, and I know your kids will too. Excellent way to educate your kids um, about not just firearms, but, you know, also about life as well. Next week, what are we going to be talking about? I am going to be researching all kinds of things at the uh, SHOT Show. I will be interviewing people there. I will be collecting uh, future interviews there as well. And I am going to be studying all the new guns that are coming out, the, the new tactical things, tactical vest and um, body armor, um, so, you know, uh, suppressors, uh, new holsters, all the stuff, all the hardware I'm going to be checking out. And I'll be meeting new people, new friends that I can interview on the show. It's going to be fantastic, and I know you guys are just going to love it. So, what else should you do? Well, you should go in to your family right now. If they're sleeping, you just go in there and give them a kiss. Tell them you love them. If they're not sleeping, if you got kids, go read them a book. Let them sit on your lap and just spend time with them. Because we're only here on this earth for a very short time. Uh, what's that the Bible say? Uh, what's it? I think it's in Proverbs. It says that life is but a vapor. It rises up and then it fades away. So you take that vapor that is your life and you use it to your fullest. I want you to arm yourself. I want you to train. I want you to become proficient with the hardware of self-defense and the software of self-defense. If you don't have a warrior mindset, I think it's time you got one. Read my book, Civilian Combat, the concealed carry book. You can get that on Amazon.com, Civilian Combat, by Skip Coriel. Check that out. Train all that you can. And pray to God for the safety of your family and the ones that you love. All right, I will be back next week after three wonderful days at the SHOT Show. And then we're going to talk about some really fun stuff and some serious stuff as well. Okay, God loves you. God bless you. Have a great week protecting your family.